We are officially now over at Real Broker. Both of our licenses have shifted over um, in a new office space with some new people. Really exciting things. I think um, that was the biggest driver behind our move was surrounding ourselves with people who are doing what we want to be doing at an even higher level than we are, right? Um, I think there's something to be said when we are the lowest people on the totem pole, the lowest producers, the people doing the least amount in, in the office we're in. And so... All right, guys, welcome back to the Pursuit of Property podcast. Dude, Kate, it has been too long. It's been, what, a month since our last recording? Yeah, if if not even more. It's been a long time. It feels weird to be back. <laughs> it feels weird to be back in these seats with, with our mics and with our uh, boys behind the video, but it feels good. It does. It's good to be back. If you're watching the YouTube video, you're probably noticing that the background looks completely different. Um, we... Kate and I moved offices and we've got a new setup. This is our fourth iteration of the podcast setup. And uh, you might notice that the green sign is now gone. We have one being made right now. Um, You may hear some construction noise in the background because the office is still literally getting built. But we were itching to get back uh, on the pod and start talking again. We had people hitting us up. So here we are, man. Here we are. And... We'll address the elephant in the room. New office, new change of scenery. Um, we are officially now over at Real Broker. Both of our licenses have shifted over um, in a new office space with some new people. Really exciting things. I think um, that was the biggest driver behind our move was surrounding ourselves with people who are doing what we want to be doing at an even higher level than we are, right? Um, I think there's something to be said when we are the lowest people on the totem pole, the lowest producers, the people doing the least amount in in the office we're in. And so yeah. um, the plan is to, to help have that help us and, and lift our success. And hopefully we can contribute a thing or two to everybody else. But yeah. um, I'm pumped to be in here. <laughs> Dude, I'm excited. I mean, we talk about it on the podcast a lot. Who you put yourself around daily is who you're going to be like. And so we were looking in the mirror and, you know, we weren't upset with the people we were hanging out with at the past brokerage. But you know, we just we were looking at where the people that were doing what we wanted to do went and they had all unanimously gone to real. And so we ended up taking the leap in December. Um, that's why we ended up taking a break on the podcast. We were still having the office built and things were changing. But, you know, with a shifting market, we're making shifts, uh, you know, to try to go the best direction we can, especially towards our goals, which are really to become the best investors and the best uh, realtors that we can be. Yeah, 100%. It's funny because right before this podcast started, we were going to talk about um, something, uh, paradigm shifts, essentially. It was based on a YouTube video um, by Bob Proctor. Yeah. And uh, we called an audible. We said, let's toss this out. Let's talk about the move. Let's talk about change. Let's talk about changing our market, turning over a new leaf into 2023. And it's funny, we've been talking about this because one of the bullet points in that was, you know, you wouldn't go to a plumber and ask them how to operate a plane, right? It just like if you want to get really, really good at real estate, you are not going to go and ask a teacher 
you know, a bunch of real estate questions, right? So it's, I, I think hammering into that concept of, um, like you mentioned, really important to emphasize. We love all the people at not only our old brokerage, but all of our old brokerages we've been at in the past. But I think we have to constantly and business owners, business professionals, entrepreneurs constantly have to yeah. be looking at things at, because things are always shifting and being able to see, okay, um, you know, how is this going to affect my business? How's this going to affect my top line in my right. business? Right. And so, um, I think being able to surround ourselves with these kind of people doing who are what, what we want to be doing will not only help us, but also help us be able to convey new information, more things continually be uh, putting out better podcast episodes and sharing better information. Yeah. Well, and like we can talk a little bit more about kind of why we made the move. I mean, obviously at the last brokerage we were at, it was really great for realtors. Um, but when we were looking at our numbers at the end of last year, you and I both just made more from our investments and we spent less time on it and we enjoyed it more. And I think there's something to be said about when you really enjoy something, you find a lot more success in it. And so we were looking at what our options were to develop our business on the investing side. Obviously, we've loved the podcast. I mean, this podcast has made us some money, but really we've done it because we've enjoyed helping new people. And we felt that, you know, making this shift was going to allow us to pursue the investing career at a higher level and have the opportunity to like bring in investors who want to get started. I mean, if you're getting started, you know, we have the now the tools to kind of bring you in, say hello, get you going. There's not as many restrictions on you here, which is a pro and a con. It allows you to do more things, but it also allows you to make bigger mistakes. But, you know, we always pride ourselves on doing business, um, you know, as clean as possible. We're, we're totally above board. We're very honest and transparent with people. And so it gives us the opportunity to do business how we feel we want to do it. Right. Yeah. 100%. And it's interesting going, you know, we started, you know, the, the intent to move offices at the end of 2022, maybe the, the last two ish, two or three like weeks right of, after Thanksgiving kind of is when we really started considering it. Yeah. And so, um, I, I think, it, it's hard because right now that we're already in 2023, we don't want to be playing catch up, right? That's why when, you know, we set our goals, you know, in Q4 of 2022 for what we want to do in 2023. So I think the move also came at kind of a strategic time for us being able to, you know, between Christmas and New Year's and a little bit after the new year, just take the time where things are really, really dead anyway to get all this shit moved over, get ourselves dialed in. That way we can hit the ground running in 2023. Cause I feel like I, I felt like this last year. I don't feel like, feel like it so much this year, but playing catch up is, is hard, right? Cause right now we're already in middle of January, right? It's like, shit, it's almost February one month of the 12 gone by. Right. And, and where are my goals at already? So I think, um, it's good to set ourselves on the right foot, um, put our best foot forward and get things rolling at a high level. Yeah. Well, yesterday we also, we went to a market forecast with Corbin yes. and it would be kind of nice to talk about that too. You know, we were looking at 20, uh, 2023 as a market that was possibly going to be a recession and it still might be, but there's also the possibility of it being another blow up year if the interest rates come down to the four fives that we kind of heard they could. Mm -hmm. So 
I think we looked at it too from the standpoint of we don't want to be making administrative changes when there's possibly another big boom coming. So when everybody was crying that the market was dead and everything was slow, um, I mean, full disclosure, you and I had four transactions going still. Mm -hmm. So we weren't dead. You know, we still have stuff going. Yeah. But we're used to having more. And so knowing that there's a possibility of this really blowing up again, we wanted to kind of already have made the move, be set up and have our systems in place. Yeah. Um, Well, and like you mentioned, this market update that we were at yesterday, uh, kind of this mastermind event, getting an update on the market, how things are looking. We had lenders, realtors, investors in there. Um, I'm going to try and explain this the the best way I can because I think we both agreed it was probably the best takeaway from one of the one of the guest speakers we had, and it was right. And and I'm thinking from from the standpoint of a normal buyer, right? A, a normal consumer buyer going, okay, you know, I, I miss the boat of of the three percent interest rates right during COVID when everything is crazy. Things got to a point as high as basically 7% at for a very quick time in 2022. And it's like uh, a lot of people are sitting on the edge of their seat. Like, you know, I, I, I really need these interest rates to come down. You know, now's not a great time about to buy the housing market's going to crash. And it's all these, you know, sound bits and all these things that are people are getting from news articles. They're getting from media. They're, they're getting all of these things. And so, the point of this is, right, I don't know what year it started. 20, uh, 2015. 2015, right? If you bought a $300,000 house in 2015, right? And they go year by year, 2015 all the way to 2022. And they tagged it with the headlines <laughs> that were being pushed out about the real estate market at that time. Right. So 2015, it starts, you know, housing market, flatlining, not great time to buy a house, right? And it's all in year by year, every single year since 2015. And it was like housing (laughs) bubble bigger than 2008 in 2016. (laughs) It was just atrocious headlines and lit from big news outlets big you know newspapers like all negative headlines every single year since 2015 right and then it shows you if you had bought that three hundred thousand dollar house in 2015 how much equity you would have gained every single year if you did not listen you know to all of these really just not very factual, <laughs> yeah. you know, articles and, and advice. And by 2022, it was 505,000. No, it was 526. 526,000. So you, you would have missed out on $226,000 in equity had, had you just read the articles and not purchased because the news said not to. And that's why I think it's so, so important. Um, And a lot of people like to kind of dish, you know, the realtor field because a lot of people think like it's not worth, you know, if you're listing it, the the commission you get and this, that and the other. I don't need it. I can do FISBO or um, I can represent myself and stuff like that. I really think the undervalued, um, you know, just advice, professionalism, education that you get from working with a qualified real estate professional who knows not only your local market, but also the market as a whole. I think 
I can't stress that importance enough, right? Yeah. Because if if you've got the buyer who's only listening to all these tidbits, all these sound bites of all the negative things that people that the media has to say, you know, to get clicks about the housing market, compared to the person who you know is actually in touch with the local market, knows what the numbers are doing, knows how their local market is moving, that person is going to be in a so much so much of a better place, right? Like you had mentioned. If you had just bought in 2015 a $300,000 house, 2022, $226,000 in equity, yeah. right? And what is that? Six years, you've almost doubled your your crazy equity or your uh, house value. So let me, I'm curious, what do you think this upcoming year looks like, not only for home buyers and home sellers, right? That kind of transitioning the topic, what do you think? Who knows? I mean, it's hard. Nobody has a crystal ball. I would say off of the stuff that I'm hearing and I'm anecdotally seeing, yeah, I think the market's going to go back to a very normal state soon. I think the overall economy is going to do its own thing, but the real estate economy, I think, is going to go back to a normal state. The reason why I say that is because we were talking about it yesterday. How many people do you and I know our age who randomly have $40,000? It's more than you'd expect. So they have the down payment money. Uh, Sellers are having the culture shock of not being in a seller's market anymore and understanding that you have to play fairly to get a deal. And so buyers are getting some assistance. Sellers are still getting very good pricing compared to what everybody predicted would happen by now. The interest rates went all the way up to 8% or whatever. And home prices have fallen a little, but they're nothing close to that 5, 10, 20% that the doomsdayers were saying. So sellers are still cashing out 58% equities and taking that money. And people still are moving, you know, like out of state moving is still going. Uh, People who are getting married, like myself, we're still Mm -hmm. buying. People who got divorced, they're still selling. People who are uh, moving out of their parents' house. Like one of the things that comes to my mind when we were were talking about those um, stats that we saw yesterday was that the average home buyer is 33. The average first-time home buyer. Dude, the four transactions that you and I just represented, the average age was 23 or 24. Yeah, under 25. So... We have millennials buying, Gen Z buying, builders have completely stopped building homes. So, I mean, the market has to stay up to some degree. So I I think if and when the Fed backs off, because they're hawkish right now, but when the Fed backs off, the interest rates will come down a little bit when inflation comes down. I think at that point, we're going to see a normal market. And if you're a buyer in a normal market, your realtor makes the difference. And if you're a seller in a normal market, your realtor makes the difference. So I think it's gonna be a great year for guys like you and I, who we constantly are sharpening our skills. I think the people who do this as a part-time job, they might hurt this year because uh, for the first time in a long time, being a part-time agent versus a full-time agent means a, like a stupid amount of difference in knowledge. And when I sit down at a listing uh, appointment and I'm sitting against three or four people who may not know as much, it's going to be much more apparent and I'm going to get more deals that way. So I expect probably financially for myself, it's going to be a blow up year. Yeah. It's, and it's the reason I kind of pose that is, is because I've had 
in the past week, like five people ask how real estate is. And, and I'm picking that up from they must be hearing things or seeing things on the news or wherever they get their stuff that and they know that I'm in real estate and they're saying, hey, you know, how's it going? It's got to be, you know, completely dead. It's got to be horrible right now. Right. Yeah. And it's kind of breaking them down. And and what I do is I use the example of some of the transactions that we've still have going or just very recently closed within the past week right on the buyer side there are more and more opportunities for buyers to get into a home under the listing price with some credits from the seller with some repairs done which was completely unheard of during covid yeah. right um and so i i use the example i had i helped a really good friend of mine who i've known since kindergarten and his fiance buy their first home and they closed on it last week we were able to get them into that home, negotiated $10,000 under the listing price with another $8,500 in seller credits that they used to buy down the rate and pay for some closing costs and also got some repairs done during escrow. And I know you had a very similar experience with the transactions that you very recently closed yeah. or, are, or are about to close, Yeah. right? Now, let's look on the flip side of that coin, right? That That's really great for... But I, I think right now, buyers have a very unique opportunity to get into a home they really like with with really really great terms on the flip side if you're a seller and you're hearing that you're like i don't want to accept an offer ten thousand dollars under asking i don't want to give all this stuff right the flip side of that coin is in that mastermind yesterday we had um another one of the agents share that hey you know it's just so different right now that it depends on the area like i made an offer and it still went the, the listing went 60000 over asking because it was in a really, really great neighborhood. It, the inside was pristine. It was just uh, amazing, yeah. right? So I think, um, like you said, the important part here is we're returning to a normal market, right? Sellers were able to strong on buyers all day, every day yeah. during COVID, Nobody right? even liked that. No, nobody did. It, <laughs> the buy, sellers I was sellers, working with still felt bad <laughs> because people, buyers were having to do $50,000 appraisal gaps and yeah. um, not get any repairs done and all this stuff. Right. So I think being able to simmer down and equate ourselves in a normal market is not only healthy and helpful for buyers, but also healthy and helpful for sellers. Too. Yeah. Um, and everybody all across the board. No, it, I mean, it, it all makes sense. Um, I had a thought, but I wanted to kind of let you finish yours. I was trying to think, We when we moved to Real, one of the things that we are talking about is working with people who are taking advantage of the system and who are yeah. taking advantage of the shift. Uh, you know, like what you and I are saying, I mean, in the last few weeks, we've had so many people get into escrow and get into such good deals that they couldn't have gotten into before. No. I mean... A lot of people want to compare the interest rate from 3% to 7%. And they want to say, well, you know, my payment at 3% would have been X amount, but my payment at 7% is Y amount. And you and I, unfortunately and or fortunately, get the job of explaining that at 3%, you couldn't buy a house. You didn't have the money to buy a house in that market. And so if you're sitting there and you're a first-time home buyer, like you finally have the opportunity to buy again. Before, if there was a house that was listed that you liked, there was a cash buyer who bought it ahead of you, right? And so we had a lot of people that we just said, hey, you need to hold off buying because you're not in the right spot. Now you are, and your payment is going to be a little higher, 
but we're seeing the forecast of all every lender saying rates will come down. They're disagreeing on the time frame. Some are saying in six months, some are saying in 18 months. But as long as you can afford your payment right now, it's only going to get cheaper. You'll never have your payment go up unless you choose to make that happen. Yeah. So that's one of the things we saw. And then also, we've been listening to a lot of podcasts since we haven't been doing ours. Hmm. Um, you know, if you're an investor making the pivot shift from flipping any house that you could find or wholesaling any property that you could get your hands on, if you're not now taking advantage of the FHA first time home buyers, that's where the money is going to be at in this normal market. And that's because, like what we just said, there's two different generations of first-time home buyers who need to buy. And so if you're still a seller and you wanna or an investor and you wanna make money flipping, just make sure that you're purchasing property underneath that, you know, FHA limit, which I think is four fifty. In our market, I would say probably try to stick around three fifty. Fixed up homes priced at 350 still sell with multiple offers. All day, every day. And yeah. so, you know, if you're trying to f- figure out how to make money in this market, it's again, being around people who are going to tell you what they're seeing. And for us, like you said, we're the small dogs in this office and we're being told anecdotally from all the guys in our office where their offers are getting accepted, what their listings are doing. And we're hearing nonstop about all the success in that lower price point listings. Well, and not only that, but on the investing side too, talking about shifting and talking about change, now implementing if, uh, you know, because right, cash offers, anybody and their mom could have wholesale the house during COVID, right? You could have locked shit up as high as you freaking wanted and still made 10, 20 grand on a we wholesale. We missed so many deals because <laughs> idiots would offer 20,000 more than us and, and still make still their make 20 money. grand. So um, obviously now having that, the, the situation is just starkly different, right? And um, now as investors, having to add to your tool belt, right? Having to add to your arsenal on what you can do to put a deal together where it still pencils out. And a big part of that being any sort of creative finance. Both of us have been implementing creative finance offers and proposals in 99% of our discussions with sellers. Everybody I'm talking to in our investor community is doing the exact same thing. I'm hearing about more creative finance deals being put together. So as an investor, um, if if you are unfamiliar or you are not utilizing creative finance in any of your discussions with sellers and any of your offers, you are missing out on a really, really big chunk of potential deals. Because I feel like that's only going to increase and being able to present that as, again, another option, another tool, paper, another tool, another paper on the table for the seller to look at and say, okay, I've got options A, B, C, and D what do I want to do? Right. But being able to give a seller options A, B, C, and D is a lot yeah. better than just option A, a cash offer that's fucking lowballed, and <laughs> and they're never going to take it. Well, and again, we're still, we're talking about change on top of that. I mean, we're seeing new strategies like novations coming into yes. play. We're seeing everything under the sun. I mean, everybody is trying different strategies. So, you know, for us, we needed to be around people who are doing that. And we also needed to have a broker who's willing to allow us to do some of that. So, you know, for us, I would say, like what you just said, we're we're implementing listing, cash offer, seller finance. And then from there, it's like, you know, subject to 
uh, novation, things like mm-hmm. that. And so, you know, in this upcoming market as an investor, you need to put yourself around people doing different stuff so that you can learn because nobody knew about a novation two years ago. No. And I feel like it's really funny because even before there was a big, um, central California real estate meetup that Jason Strat Dean, um, all co-hosted, right? I don't even remember when that was November with pace. Yeah. Yeah. It, back in November, there there were some mumblings and grumblings about creative finance before that, right? But the, the what I think the really cool thing is after that event, which had you know seven eight hundred people, right? Now how widely I'm hearing <laughs> hearing it talked about, how widely I'm seeing deals getting done, which yeah. is freaking crazy, dude. Like one event like that being able to provide and bring so much value to yeah. now all of our investors in our community can now add that to our toolbox to, to and at the end of the day, help sellers as well, right? Yeah. Because it's another option that sellers might prefer and might be a better fit for somebody looking to sell their property. So, um, yeah, I, I'm really excited to see how this year goes, not only on uh, the agent side was seeing how things break down, like we were saying with interest rates and, and continuing to uh, approach and normalize in a healthy, normal market, but also on the investment side really being a, a question mark, seeing how all of this stuff is going to d- go down, being able to add creative financing um, to our offers and really just seeing how this year goes. But yeah. I'm excited. I think for both of us, this is, um, it's not a make or break year. It, it, I feel like it's just a big year. Like I feel the energy in this year, just really being able to set the tone um, moving forward and set the tone for for the future um both in the shorter term and long term so yeah i'm excited well and i'm excited too 2023 is going to be a big year for us i mean we've done a lot of changing administrative wise uh in the last three to six months yeah so our business is completely different um inside and out so i'm excited to see it blow up uh we are now obviously at real if you are an agent who's been listening to our podcast uh, and you're interested in hearing why we made the move, um, more specifically on numbers and things like that, we won't talk about it on the podcast, but we're open books. Um, if you want to reach out to us directly, please feel free. We're not here to start some recruiting business. So you will feel a lot less pressure from us than probably anybody else. Yeah. Um, but we do want to share our thoughts and uh, especially to any new people who are trying to get started. Absolutely. Providing as much value as we can, which has been our goal from the beginning. It's going to be um, our vision, same goal and vision as we've had um, for the entirety entirety of this year, um, if not even more. So um, that wraps up. I think everything we just kind of wanted to cover. I'm just glad we got back into the studio in front of our mics and start to like (laughs) get the dust off a little bit. No, for sure. So we're excited to be back. We're going to be back to weekly podcasts after this week. Um, So if you guys have any topics you want to hear about or anything like that, reach out to us and we're excited to see what 2023 does for us. Absolutely. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next week on the Pursuit of Property Podcast.